It's Sunday, December 13th, 2020, and you're listening to episode 558 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 31 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot Quarantine Edition. And in case you're wondering why specifically we just now got a quarantine edition, because, you know, obviously COVID's been around for over a year now. It's because we've had two lovely things happen here back to back. The first one is that I was exposed to someone who has tested positive for COVID. And I myself have not been tested for, well, there's a couple of reasons that I'm, I don't want to get into because I don't want to start a huge debate on all this stuff. But I've decided that what I'm going to do is instead just treat myself as if I have it, even though I'm not displaying any symptoms. So I'm just avoiding people for 10 to 14 days. So that obviously rules out the other hosts being here, uh, with the exception of one who actually had and already got over COVID, but I'm not going to name that person. Uh, And that's not the person who exposed me. I was not exposed by anyone that is an active participant in this podcast. And I did not know at the time I was around them that they had COVID. So that was a fun surprise. But like I said, now I'm locking myself away and it makes it harder to bring in other hosts because I have the physical setup for the recording studio. So I don't know. Hopefully we'll get this worked out soon. But even if that wasn't the case, we have sort of lost Brodor because Brodor had a ladder accident. I don't know if he was hanging up Christmas lights or what he was doing, but he said he rode a ladder over 10 feet straight to the ground. And I mean, rode it like as in his, he was hanging on to it with, I believe his left arm. Maybe this is right. I'm not sure. But anyways, he hit the ground and ended up needing emergency surgery. Uh, They gave him a couple stitches on parts of his face. I think his upper lip in particular, but the bigger issues were that his right arm was pretty badly sprained and is going to be reduced mobility or mobile for a while. But the worst part was he shattered what's called his left radial head, which to me sounds like a car part. But for anyone who doesn't know what a radial head is, is in your forearm, there are two bones, a bigger one and a smaller one. And the connects to the elbow joint through a ball and socket sort of arrangement. And the so the end of your forearm where it connects to the elbow, the forearm side of that joint is called the radial head. And so they basically had to cut off part of the bone there and replace it with a prosthetic. So now between the loss of his left hand and his left eye, or his left arm and his left eye, I'm starting to think he really just wants to be a generic 1980s cyborg with the one prosthetic arm and one prosthetic eye. So I'm really starting to wonder if the issue here is not Broder's luck or anything else, but rather it's just that his player is making some really, really cheesy character ideas. So anyway, for the moment, it's just me. But this does offer me an opportunity because while all those nagging and nattering nannies that are usually on this show but aren't here, this means I can talk about things that only affect me and maybe affect you, but don't affect and probably draw the condemnation of, for example, Chad. So, What I'm doing right now is something I never thought I would do in my life, but I'm going to go ahead and complain. 
have my Alcoholics Anonymous moment and tell you that I'm currently RPing in an MMO. Now, I never thought that was a good idea because, broadly speaking, most MMOs or MMORPGs, if you prefer the older name, massively multiplayer online games, you know, like World of Warcraft or whatever, they don't really serve in any way that's terribly conducive to role-playing, usually. And I'm putting that usually in there because I wouldn't be doing it, obviously, if the answer was never. It's partially because you have a whole world full of other people that aren't in on whatever it is you're role-playing. It's partially because the games themselves don't really enable it. It's partially because you're fishing in such a deep pool that you're going to get a lot of people that are into be blunt, some pretty messed up things. There's a reason why there was something of a player-to-player recognition for surviving Baron's chat over on the Horde side, but on the Alliance side, it was surviving the Goldshire RP. And yeah, it gets pretty messed up. And so I always sort of swore it off as a type of thing I would never do. Well, on top of that, I mean, what do you do in terms of a plot? I mean, how many times can you roleplay your way through putting together a well-balanced group to go farm the same boss for the 80th time. I I just always kind of wrote this off sort of thing you can't do. To give you a bit of my pedigree, I have been a pretty heavy and pretty consistent MMO player going back pretty far. What is typically recognized as the first MMO, Meridian, I did not play that. But I did pick it up on its second and third major offerings outside of the old like MUDs and such, which was Ultima Online and the original EverQuest. I played both of those, then I went on from there because the genre was still fairly nascent at the time, and so I played a lot of the other games that were coming out, Dark Age Camelot, Asheron's Call, Anarchy Online, so on and so forth, down to City of Heroes and City of Villains. I know there's ones I'm forgetting in here because I played a lot of them. And then that carried on until I kind of settled in on World of Warcraft. And to be honest, I think EverQuest 2 was the superior game. It just had the misfortune of coming out at the same time World of Warcraft, which everyone latched onto, and I don't think it ever got the opportunity to build up any kind of momentum. The first time that I really directly encountered RP in an MMO was, I mean, I guess I saw it some in EverQuest, but I really saw it again in World of Warcraft, there's like these people hanging around one of the docks that connected two cities and they were role playing like they were workers on the shipyard or they were the crew of one of the ships. And it was fine. You know, I was polite to them and I bit my tongue and I didn't interrupt them or whatever. But I mean, honestly, it, it seemed kind of sad. You know, the game was not enabling this at all. And I guess it's fun for a while. But once again, how long can you stick yourself in this little nook of the game and pretend it's exciting? But if for a moment I pull that back and I look at MMOs in a really simplistic way, they have basically what it takes to work as well as any other online tabletop outside of, of course, the play surface, which I'll get to in a second. But they have the ability to talk to each other. They have the ability to note kinds of talk. You can send messages directly to one player versus another, depending on the system or the game you might have party chat versus a public chat versus an area chat versus a guild or a free company sort of chat. And so you can segregate your communication between in character and out of character. They usually have some form of a random command or random macro in there that will give you a random number generated between, you know, one in a hundred or one in a thousand. So you have a basic dispute resolution mechanic. 
But the difficulty comes in the one thing that I mentioned, which is the lack of a play surface. I think it's actually, in fact, worse than that because you don't have a lack of a play surface. You have a fixed play surface. And that play surface is the world that's already there. And all the other players and computer-controlled NPCs and such that you have no ability to dictate the actions of. I don't know. It would be like if you hop on roll 20 or something and you can only use one set of pieces on one pre-drawn map that you cannot alter. And on top of that, people can randomly drop in and out of the game and just move things around the board as they please. And obviously that's not really workable. But what I found is that there are a handful of MMOs. And you know what? Maybe your imagination's good enough or you found a method to doing this where you can pull this off in any game. And if so, you know, whatever, everything to you. I'm not here to tell you it's bad, wrong, fun. I'm just saying I personally can't do it. But what I have found is that there are certain games that really go out of their way to enable you to see yourself as something more than the avatar that exists in the game. Yes, there is a part of you that's a level 43 healer that's doing this and trying to grind out this loot drop, but you can detach from that and under a different auspice or in a different context, you can actually take on a deeper player and pursue deeper stories. I came up with a list of five things that I think are necessary or at least helpful to having RP in the context of an MMO. So don't take this list of five as what they must have. But in my opinion, the more of these they check off, the better of a job they do of giving you a place to RP. And a lot of these come down to trying to take some sort of ownership or control in the played space, the shared played space. All right, so let's start off with the first one, and these are in no particular order, but the first one is environmental props. The ability to actually put yourself into the environment. Now, this could be things like cups you can pick up or things you can hold in your hand. This could also be, and the reason I call these environmental props is because I want to emphasize that these are things that exist in the environment separate from your character. So I'm also going to throw in things like furniture. Chairs you can sit on, beds you can lay in, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The second thing I think that helps is costumes. Now, in some cases, that's because RP communities will use alts or alternate characters, so extra characters they have on there, and they will pre-dress them to look like certain NPCs, whether they're part of the game or something they invented, you know, to play these other roles so they can puppet these characters or bring them on stage like actors. And having the ability to get costumes allows you to customize both the style with which your character presents, whether that character is a PC or an NPC, but also allows you to communicate things like background, attitude, you know, they wear the fashions that are appropriate to where they're from. The third thing I'm going to throw out, and this one is probably, in my opinion, the least important of the five, but I think helps, which is emotes. Now, what an emote is for anyone that's ever played an MMO is let's say there's someone walking past you and you want to wave at them. Well, instead of typing out the phrase, I wave at you, you can click on them like a target and then usually type in a command that's something like forward slash wave. So just slash wave on your keyboard, hit enter, and it will say, oh, you wave at so-and-so, and your character will actually go through the animation of waving at someone. Now, is this critical? No. 
but does it help keep adding to those layers of immersion wherein the world you're playing in is seen as the shared tabletop, then yes, I think it does help a little bit. Fourth, an existing and thriving RP community. Obviously, you're not going to be able to get into any decent RP if there aren't people already RPing, and you're going to need a lot of them. And we'll explain why that is in a moment, but you're going to need a thriving RP community. If you just find half a dozen people doing it, it might work out for you, but I think it's going to end in disaster. And once again, I'll explain why that is here in a second. And then the final one is private locations. Locations that ideally you can decorate to taste to fit what your character is or to create a stage for role-playing certain scenes. But even if you don't have that, and I think that is important, but even if you don't have that, just having the ability to go to some place you fully control where you are neither being bothered by the general populace of the game nor are you annoying them by invading the public spaces all the time. I think that is a huge help. Uh, For example, uh, in the game that I'm doing all this in right now, I'm role-playing in a free company in Final Fantasy XIV. And I think of all the games that I've played, Final Fantasy XIV has done the best to enable use of the game as a tabletop shared space. But when I walk into the Free Company Estate, which is a shared house or sort of living space that everyone in the the guild that I play with has, we also have private quarters off of that that we can decorate to whim. And of course, people over time figure out how to use the decorations, sometimes in ways they weren't intended to be used, to make them look like something else. So, for example, the one that I'm in, uh, somebody set aside their private chambers as a because this whole thing the particular free company i'm with has gone for the eastern theme i know big shock weebs and final fantasy but it happened so they set aside this room to be like hot spring baths and such Uh, i've set aside a portion of my room because i'm playing a character who's capable of white magic but prefers practical sciences and so the entire front half of my quarters is set up as a physician's office, like think internal medicine, you know, generic doctor's office. There's an actual medical ward if they want to get into that. But, you know, they have all these things set up for different subsets of the drama that can occur while role playing. So if you need a change of scene, you might find somebody who's got a house they're willing to let you borrow or something like that. But failing that, you have all of these subspaces within the game that you can build out and do really anything you want them to be. So those are my five things I think that are a good quick check of will this MMO be a good spot to role play? Does it have environmental props? Does it allow you to do style choices, not just wear the latest and greatest gear? Does it have emotes? Does it have a thriving RP community? And does it give you private places to go to get your game on? All right, so here's why I said you need a community. When you walk into an MMO and you're looking for RP, you are walking blind into a community that effectively you know nothing about. I mean, you really don't get to know these people like anyone in life until you've had some time to interact with them. And since in these MMOs, it's fairly common for players to end up in some kind of a player social organization like a guild or whatever. In Final Fantasy, they're called free companies. But you get into something like that. It also takes you a little bit to get a sense of what the culture is of that group and what multiple of its members are like, not just the one you happen to talk to an introduction. And 
I think there are a lot of people in these MMOs that either do unhealthy role play or they do role play that is, quite frankly, just terrible. I mean, just absolutely terrible. I have seen probably about equal numbers of both. But having a larger RP community gives you a deeper ocean to fish within. It gives you more ability to find something, not like it, throw it back and try to catch another. There's a saying that Chad quotes fairly often, and I'm going to quote a slight variation of it. And I'm not sure that I've always agreed with how he's used this phrase, but I think it does apply in some situations, and this is one of them. And that phrase is fail fast, fail often. The variation that I saw on this is hire slowly, fire quickly. I'm not suggesting anyone be flippant with their social interactions, but I think you do have to be prepared that as you try to find a group that suits you, I mean, if it's a healthy game, the role-playing community may be thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of people. You don't expect you're going to find the group that is right for you right off the bat. If you are fishing in a relatively shallow pool, you're kind of stuck with what you get. And if you don't like it or it falls apart because, you know, life moves people on, then you're not going to see new members coming in to keep the membership fresh and to keep that subset of role-playing going. In fact, one of the things that I think is really neat about the free company I'm in right now is we don't do any role-playing out in the general world for the most part. It's not that I've seen. So it's not like we role-play, oh, we're going to go grind this boss out for the 50th time. But the role-playing is always set up around characters and plots that occur almost in a, I would not say not almost, an NGM fashion. Where somebody sets up the event, somebody describes what's going on, they set up a space that looks close enough to it that we can role play in, and they use a mix of alternate characters they have or markers on the ground to note where major NPCs are. And if they want us to check for something, then we do a random check in the game. And oftentimes we're allowed to say we're using powers that are like those that our actual character has. But, you know, we don't gather up in the room and yay verily we set off on another adventure to slay the lords of this exact same place we've already killed a thousand times before because quite frankly just you know rick it's really stupid but it's allowed me to develop a character and as i go through these groups that's one thing i'm looking at is so within these guilds or free companies what are they doing with the role playing right what are the sorts of plot lines they're playing out what are the kinds of stories they're telling What is it rated if that sort of thing concerns you? What are they discussing slash not discussing? Uh, Because I've seen that spill over into out-of-character issues where people decide to get real political or get on religious tirades or whatever, and that tears the group apart pretty fast. But you're probably going to find yourself turning these groups over pretty quickly before you find the right one that really gives you what you want. And so you have to be prepared to keep digging through them. And like I said, I I at least so far think I found one I like. But if I get on there tonight or tomorrow and find something out I don't, this isn't a family commitment. This isn't even a commitment to people I'm close friends with. And so I'm prepared to bounce pretty quickly and start the search anew. There are things that you can do to help yourself with this search. And I'm going to give the what I think are the big two. One is look for a website. These templated websites for building descriptions of your guild and kind of what you're looking for with RP and what your members are like and such, it is so easy to build them. And there are so many sites that host them. 
I'm blanking out on the name of several of them, but the one that seems to be popular, like right this moment is a site called card spelled C A R R D, but there's plenty of other ones. People can put their guild information on there and that should give you a, a sort of high sense of, you know, quick read on, is this what I want or not? It also gives you a chance, by the way, to advertise what you're interested in because it's real easy to find a role-playing wiki and create an entry for your character so other people get a sense of what it is you're trying to play and maybe can see how they can immediately leverage that into the plot lines they've got going or there's hooks in there that other people are interested in trying to explore when they role-play with you. So the first thing I would say is both have your own website but also look for another one. And dig up whatever information you can about this group on the web and see what you find. But the second thing that I would say is most of these groups are going to want some kind of application or some kind of a trial period or both. But I want you to remember that during that period, it is not your job to be accepted. It's your job to hold to the lines in terms of what you're looking for in this experience and what you don't want in this experience. And to be prepared to make that interview two directions, you know, bi-directional. Just as they are asking you questions, you should be asking them questions. And don't be afraid to be blunt with your questions. Is your group accepting of such and such worldview or lifestyle or whatever? You know, are you okay with a character that's like this? Is my character concept too dark? Do you guys have events? And if so, what are they like? How often do they occur? May I observe one? Something like that. And be sure to ask for as much information as they're asking you for. You are not here to win your way into an elite social club. There is another thing that I think is worth talking about that you ought to be prepared for, which is the pure anonymity of an MMO. Because when you play a tabletop game, obviously you know everyone at the table and people feel sort of social accountability or social vulnerability to each other. They don't want to be judged or whatever. It's human nature. We're social creatures. You move that to a tabletop space that's online, a virtual tabletop. Well, you start to build some anonymity, but you still probably have a login to that website or you've got your account on, I mean, whatever it is, you know, whatever website you use, Roll20, whatever, and you have your stuff on there. And so you're still kind of tied to that identity. But in MMOs, it is so easy to create new characters that are so detached from anything else, unless you go really cyber stalker crazy, there's no way really to trace it back to who's playing it. And so people use that as an opportunity to role play out things that I don't think they would normally role play. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It can be, and I've seen it be a bad thing, but it isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, In fact, there's actually a whole episode I want to do, but I can at least try and wait to do this one with the full group on the reasons people role play and the different buckets that draw people into games. And with an MMO, this is one of them, that people may have a part of their personality that either they're still trying to work out, like they just haven't figured out yet how to deal with it. And this could be, and I don't know, I'm just going to throw out a few things. It could be any of these. It could be more than these. It could be things like past abuse. It could be things like they're trying to come out of the closet and they don't feel safe expressing that in a real world space, but they want to try and express that in role play. It doesn't have to be anything super serious like that. It could just be there's a side of their personality that 
they don't usually get to role play or a type of character that they're maybe they don't have a, a face-to-face role-playing group or if they do that group doesn't like that type of character but they still want to explore it they still see where they want to go with it or maybe it's the setting you like that there's something you want to play and explore within the setting but if you said to your friends hey can we play a tabletop rpg based on this mmo they're gonna reply well why don't you just play the mmo so here you are doing that but i want you to be aware of that that there are people who will oftentimes lean into I hate that phrase, but it's, it works. So they, they lean into these RP concepts in almost a singular fashion. I've got kind of an interesting one right now because, as I said, my character, while capable of healing magic, is primarily a practical physician. So, you know, primary care physician, internal medicine, family doc, whatever, using whatever technologies are available in this sort of mutilated Renaissance era. There's an individual within the free company who is very interested in being a patient of mine. I don't mean this in some sexual way, okay? I'm, I'm not I'm not getting at they want to play doctor, quote-unquote, teehee. That's not what I mean. They really do want to role-play out a serious doctor-patient interaction, which is really kind of cool. I've never really played that before. And for a large group, it's kind of boring. But when you're in the context of this free company or guild that role-plays at its leisure, well, you might catch one individual off on the side and role-play several hours worth of a plot with them that involve one other person or two other people or maybe nobody else. So you get a chance to explore side stories in a way that you maybe don't in a tabletop role-playing game because you can always run with whoever's there. But anyways, the point being that this individual really took a shine to the fact that I was playing a doctor doing physical exams and traditional medicine, and they keep wanting more and more exams and coming up with new and new medical conditions and Honestly, I don't know because I don't know this person in real life, obviously, but I'm starting to wonder if this person has what's called a factious disorder, <laughs> that there's like some weird Munchausen thing where medical ailments fascinate them, or I, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know what I'm looking for here, but it's kind of getting a little weird, and I haven't decided yet how I'm going to respond to that, but all I'm going to say is just be prepared for that, that not everybody, but some subset of people are going to latch on to something kind of unexpected and they're really going to lean into that bit of RP. And my recommendation there is unless it's making you uncomfortable, just play along with it because if they really need to work this through or something, I mean, I'm not claiming this is the best place for counseling or therapy. And if it gets that scary, definitely back out. But I mean, if they've got something they're struggling to work out in real life and they feel safe enough to do it with you here on this MMO, then, I mean, hell, do them a solid play along. I mean, it doesn't hurt. But, you know, if it gets creepy, then don't hesitate to back out. And you don't even have to say anything. Just Alt F4 and drop out of the game or say you got disconnected, which is totally true. Hitting Alt F4 is what did it, but you did get disconnected. You know, it can also be good for you if they're doing this because of the fact that it exposes you to a lot of other ideas and ideologies. Or sometimes if you get caught in an out-of-character discussion between role-playing sessions, you can start to ask, you know, no offense or anything like that, but, you know, why are you so interested in this particular line of role-playing? And you'd be surprised how often these people open up to you and they start telling you real-life stories and you start connecting with them as a human being and it grows your boundaries a bit. I mean, once again, if you don't want this, don't do it. But I'm just telling you, there can be value to it. And the final thing I want to say on this is you have to keep in mind that all that has changed when you're gaming in an MMO is the medium. We have always segregated MMO role-playing from 
tabletop and even virtual tabletop role playing because the medium itself is so extreme and oftentimes, not in every game, but oftentimes so inflexible that it completely changes the entire equation in a way that no other form of role playing does. But having said that, all right, if we put aside the medium, let's say you found a game where you're comfortable with the medium provided, either because it's feature rich or it's feature poor and you just don't care, then one of the great things about this is all of the things that you have picked up over the years, whether from us or from your own experience or from somebody else, they all basically apply. Because what it takes to make a good character is still the same. What it takes to be a good player when someone is GMing for you is still the same. What it takes to GM is still the same. What it takes to deal with uncomfortable social situations, not between characters, but between players, is still the same. You know, good conflict, good conflict resolution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All the concepts of tabletop role playing, they move over wonderfully into this medium. And so once you get used to the water, you're going to find it's very easy because you already know how to swim. It's just the water looks funny. I think it took me finding the right group in the right situation to really fully be prepared to admit all of this. That actually does kind of work. And I think if Wayne or Chad was here, they'd probably be trying to roast me right now, but they're not. So screw them. Screw them both. One's bald and the other's a ginger. So I don't care what they have to say on anything. All that aside, I don't think there's going to be anything in particular in the show notes. And once again, hopefully we will have the band all together for the next recording. And if we don't, well, I've got other topics that have come up from role-playing in an MMO that I want to talk about, including why people role-play and the splendor of the great unoccupied average. Whether it's just me or me with some other people, we will be expounding on those soon. So have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.